Welcome back to Knowledge Drop. My name is Derek. And I'm Josh. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Knowledge Drop. Um, today, I just have to preface today's episode that these are a lot of opinions. I did do research. A lot of this is factual, but the discussion and subsequent opinions are our own. Fair enough. Yes. And so, before we jump into this crazy topic, we're going to go to Josh for a fun fact. Yeah. So, fun fact today, um, if I talk about the one percenters, who does that make you think of, typically? One percent of... Like the multimillionaires, billionaires? Yeah, typically with wealth, right? Yeah. Um, but just just for a reminder for people out there, I mean, wealth is very important in, in terms of it can help you do a lot of cool things. Um, mm-hmm. Time is also very important. But I think people forget sometimes about their health um, in, in that equation, right? And Yeah. Um, kind of a crazy number. Out of every everybody in the world, around... 1.1 million people, 1.1 to 1.3 million people each year run a marathon. And not to say a marathon is the end-all, be-all for physical fitness, but it, it is a great measure of physical fitness and physical challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying everybody needs to get out there, but if you want to be in the 1%, go run a marathon. For fitness? Uh, for I mean, like... Or for, like, a, general health. A general health, right? I mean... Interesting. Not not a lot of people ran a marathon, and if you think of so one point one like, to one point three million people out of the billions uh, on Earth, seven billion, it's not a lot. Yeah, that's way less than one percent. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's point I'm gonna have to fact check myself on that. I, I forgot if it was one point one on the Earth or in America, but either way, you're still way up, way yeah, below one yeah. percent. So I'm curious, what it is about a marathon? Is it just like the cardio kind of <clears throat> aspect of it? Do you think? I mean. I think I think in general the the average health a- across the world is is not what it used to be. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. But well, I think what makes marathon and running in particular hard is is the discipline it takes. I some people think it's fun, but mo- I would say most people that do it isn't it isn't necessarily <laughs> a, f- a fun thing to do. But yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's something that's disciplined um, in how you do it, how long you do it, and do, do I think you run? It's a, a mental challenge. I have I've started running over the past like three weeks for the, really the oh. first time in my life. Uh, okay, through a little competition with uh, some buddies, but um, and I, I've always ran in sports and stuff, but never like dedicated myself to running outside of that because I I don't find it fun either. Recreational running. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but yes. Um, Interesting. It's not okay. something I've enjoyed uh, historically, but I, I have enjoyed a couple of, of the runs I went on, which has felt very weird, but. Um, I, I think it's just a great reminder for people to get up, move, stay active, mm-hmm. uh, be healthy, focus on your health, because then it doesn't matter how much money you have in the end if you can't enjoy it because yeah. of, because of your health, right? No, so. that that's totally true. Are you a uh, you run with headphones? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, really? Okay. See, I like I don't know. Yeah, or yeah, earbuds. I don't know what it is about like the vibe I got from you, but I was like, oh, he probably just listens to the the sound of nature, which I mean, is cars and. Like, like at, at points, um, and not just in running, but I, I also like think loud, so I I can encompass myself in in my thoughts so loudly that I, I don't like realize I'm not listening to anything because I feel like I am listening to something. Like I've 
Oh, so you... like I, I've been on my car on, on the way to work and, you know, just, just super lost in thought and got a phone call and went to turn off the radio only to realize <laughs> the radio like wasn't on because I, you know, I That's just crazy. felt like I was thinking so loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, me personally, I don't want to say I hate running because I don't want to like limit myself, but if I had to choose between running and biking, I'd bike. Yeah, I mean, um, but biking's still a great way to go out, get some cardio. Swimming yeah. as well is a great exercise. I, I actually would love to get more into swimming um, just because it, it's more full body. With biking, mm. like, it's a lot of core and lower body. I don't do a lot of the... Yeah, or even or even just get outside and walk. I mean, it's one thing to stay active, but to also get back out in nature. Um, yeah. You know, so much of our lives, especially as two guys in the engineering field, we see a lot of... Uh, lights and artificial lights and sit yeah. at desks for long yep. periods of time so getting up getting out getting into the sun getting into the greenery um, of the world is it's, it's a beautiful thing it can help it, you a lot it's funny that you mentioned that actually my coworker, um we didn't have a lot going on today and so we we're like yeah let's just go take a walk outside because I, I don't know if you went outside today it was beautiful yeah, it was very it was nice beautiful. it was like 85 ish 88 degrees um not too windy and we just took a, a walk around the entire campus which is like almost a mile okay um and yeah it was awesome it felt like felt good <laughs> yeah i mean it always recharges me after like a long day if i'm in work at work inside all day um come home sit in the back porch just sit, soak in the sun for mm-hmm. a couple hours it's left or yeah. um or outside at lunch or sorry when i'm at work at lunch take take a step outside and the sun hitting me always feels yeah. so nice. For, for me, I think it's the uh, like three three o'clock ish time frame where I'm like getting kind of groggy. Yeah, go outside, get that walk. That that's what we did today. It was it was, it was pretty great. Awesome. But yeah. Um, how did you know to have a fitness fun fact? <laughs> it was just it was something I was I've been doing recently with my buddies, and I, I was thinking <laughs> about it. Somebody mentioned that to me. I was like, that's crazy. So I, I felt like. Coming out of left field from last week, keep it going with the fun fact. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, just hit on all types of well, topics here. We we must be in sync because this uh, this week's episode, I want to talk about martial arts. Okay, yeah. this is fascinating. <laughs> not not super, you know, science and technology, engineering related, but there are some connects. We'll circle back. Um, but basically, kind of the what kind of prompted this for me was um. I don't know. I there's some things happening in the world, and then I saw some video on uh, on Instagram, um, and they they said a quote that kind of struck me. And you you may have heard it before, but they they said that it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. I haven't heard that before, but I mean it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, and. It kind of goes back, so I I don't know you if you know this. I am an Eagle Scout. Okay, no, I did not. Um, so yeah, I went through the Boy Scout program, and um, the main motto for that for that program is be prepared. And so that kind of has always been in the back of my mind. Is and you can see like I've got giant fifty five gallon drum water storage in my garage, and you should see my food storage, oh, all this stuff. Oh, like we're doomsday, another one, it, another it's, doomsday. Right? It's not just a doomsday thing. Like it, um, my parents, um, they were super, super poor in college. And so they stockpiled food because they weren't sure if they were going to lose their job. And then 
or, you know, get let go and then not have a yeah. job for a couple of weeks or months or whatever. And so it was kind of like a security system of like, hey, we can can continue living for, you know, the next, you know, X amount of time. And so that's that's kind of why we do it is, you know, just what happens if I get let go and it takes me a little while to get a new job? Like, we need to have some food. And... Yeah, it's two quick things. It's interesting to, when you look back, to see what things you picked up and kept from your parents and how you, you apply them in your own life. <laughs> yes. And two, it's interesting the things other people worry about. Like, you know, I I guess I was just fortunate to never have to worry about where the next meal came, so I've never even had the thought to stockpile food. I mean, it it's definitely gotten better. Um, but, like, I'll, to kind of give you some context for the depth of how, like, destitute my parents were when... My both my parents were in college, both working, and they had two kids. My mom somehow normalized using juice in cereal. Like I have very vivid memories of me eating Cheerios with cranberry juice, which I'm like, first of all, cranberry juice, awful, <laughs> just awful. <laughs> but to put it in Cheerios and try and normalize that for a child, be like, hey, this is a totally normal thing. People do this all the time. <laughs> That that is, I mean, bless their hearts. Going through college yes. with jobs with two kids, that's that's amazing. But that that also is strange. I've I flashback to when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if you ever watched iCarly. Oh yeah. But there was oh, this yeah. episode where she was a math tutor um, for for this boy, and she uh-huh. hated this boy. So she, she taught this boy that there was an imaginary number that just you know they just found between it was like six, five and six or six and seven. <laughs> so he went into his math test and ended up failing his test because he used this imaginary number (laughs) and so like if if you're a parent to your kid you could say you know red is green and green is red oh yes they they would be completely confused because they they're getting their education from you and i mean Mm -hmm. you can i mean that's bad parenting obviously but it's also crazy the power of education your parents hold yeah no they're um my dad used to tell me the cartoons that are played for children in the Middle East are different because they have very heavy America's bad themes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so these kids are growing up watching cartoons, think like seeing America or, or Americans, however they're portrayed in a like, very negative way. And it... Another word for this is indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an interesting tangent, but uh, yeah, it it it's very and me being a, a parent as well with a, a toddler who soaks up anything and everything, like as they do. Yeah, I have to change the way I speak because it just he soaks up everything, and even like involuntary, like if I'm like, damn it, because I drop something or I lose in a game or whatever, whatever. He started to do that when he loses in the game or when he messes up. And I'm like, oh, no. That's uh, not good. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Health is important. Teaching kids good things is important. Circling back, protecting your family, making sure that they're okay is kind of what I was thinking about with this uh, being a warrior in a gardener, uh, yep. in a garden. Um, Just because... And it's funny, they have some statistics and some of these uh, martial artists, the people who started them, a lot of them were very 
nonviolent. And they said that statistically, you'll probably only ever have one encounter in your entire life in like the 80 to 100 years where you'll need to use these uh, techniques. Mm-hmm. But it's better to have these techniques for that one time in your entire life than to not have them and lose that encounter. And so, yeah, that's kind of the... And obviously, a lot of these uh, martial arts help you like emotion, like uh, emotionally, mentally. Like, there's a lot of you're trying to. Yeah, I be... mean, with with all things fitness and discipline, I think it it brings a lot of um, help and peace in, into other areas of your life for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. And obviously with me being done with school and having a little extra time and a little extra money, I'm thinking about getting into some of these martial arts to just kind of get more in shape and kind of learn some self-defense and, and different things like that. So um started going through a list and kind of wrote down a bunch of different martial arts. Um, and I'll just go through a list and then we're, we can kind of talk through through each of them and the differences and why they're why they're different from one another. Cause some of them, it's like the only difference is where the physical location started. Mm. Um, so there's karate, judo, Aikido, jujitsu, and side fun fact, there's a variant of jujitsu called ninjutsu. It's for ninjas. For ninjas? For ninjas. Uh, taekwondo, kung fu, muay thai, wrestling, kickboxing, boxing, um, there's a combative, or there's a martial arts inside of the army that my dad learned and he taught me, um, just bits and pieces of called combatives. Um, and then there's a Krav Maga. Um, have you heard of any of those or I've heard of it. I've heard of a decent bit of those. Yeah. Um, jujitsu, jujitsu, karate, kung fu, uh, taekwondo. Yeah. Um, like a few of those, but but not all of them. Okay. Um, and so the way that they kind of break these down um, is there's traditional variations and there's contemporary. There's armed and unarmed. And then a lot of these are based on intent. So some of them are purely self-defense. Some of them are uh, purely just a combat sport. Like, a, like MMA, for example, is just a combat sport. Yeah, but I mean, like, MMA is really the culmination of all those different styles yes. used to fight yeah. against each other, yeah. right? The, you, can, you can almost see the different moves that they do in the UFC matches of, like, oh, that's Muay Thai they're doing, and then they move, go into judo, and, like, it's very fluid. They have to know a lot of these techniques to be, um, like, a, a, not taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, and then some of these are strictly just for physical fitness or meditation, Okay. Which was kind of interesting. Um, the one that I thought was really interesting to kind of start out with is Kung Fu. Have you ever watched like old Kung Fu movies? Uh, I've watched the Kung Fu Panda. Excellent. Yeah, that's a prime <laughs> example. <laughs> right? Uh, no, I, I, um, that, that's probably the only Kung Fu name you, movie I've watched. Did you watch Avatar The Last Airbender? Uh, yes, I did. So I didn't know this, but season two, Earth... Mm-hmm. Episode nine, um, Aang is starting to learn earth bending, and Zuko is starting to learn uh, like lightning bending yep. or redirection. Um, there's a lot of kung fu 
uh, teachings and themes in that episode specifically. Interesting. Like they even like reference that that episode in the the research I was doing. Um, which I just I thought that was cool because I I love the show and I always wondered how much of the the bending techniques or whatever were were taken from uh, actual martial arts. Yeah. Um, and so kung fu comes from China, chalker. Um, and the funny part about this is kung fu in the Chinese culture is just refers to any study, learning, or practice that requires energy, patience, and time to complete. Hmm. So it, it's not just a fighting yeah. thing. It could be, it, it could be math. Yeah, that, that's a lot broader definition. And so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting, like, way to define, or something that you know America's kind of just taken and we've turned it into this like, really cool fighting. So, so you think it was America that turned it into? Yeah, fighting it. I mean, even, I think, even though that's a definition in, in China, you don't think there was. Like the the part or the martial arts aspect that became dominant to to teach those lessons and those values, I definitely think it, like a lot of things that America kind of assimilates because obviously we didn't just go there, take it, and come back. Like mm-hmm. Chinese people have been coming to America, and bringing their culture, so it's not like it's. I think it's just been taken out of context. We took the first name that we heard of for, you know, this, these teachings and we just kind of slapped it on there. And so you're saying, even though that it, it's technically from China, it's really founded in the, in the U S. Yes. The, the like techniques, the fighting techniques and the meditation and like the, the mental aspect of it, I think are still Chinese, but I think there's definitely an American Americanized version of it that focuses on like the fighting. Okay, so you're you're just saying America narrowed the scope of kung fu. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry if that's what you were saying before. <laughs> I missed it. No, no, that's good. Um so that's kung fu. Uh it didn't rank high on my list of uh sorry, and so going along with that, you know, being a warrior in a garden this was kind of, I've been thinking about this last maybe week or two. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm doing all this research on all these martial arts. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about it with Josh. Yeah. And, um, I, I was actually looking into this a little bit from inspired from something else completely. So I, I have one <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually interested in. And, uh, when we get to that one, I'll, I'll share. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so Kung Fu didn't rate very high. From what I read, like not that it's bad or you know dumb, it was just something that it didn't. When I was reading more and more into it, it was not something that felt like it aligned very well with what I was trying to do and what I wanted to do. Yeah, um, and I mean, main, main goal, like reiterate what you said before, right? You're trying to get in better health. Yes, um, and be in a position really where if a situation arises, you can protect your family. Right? Yes. Yeah, and I think if I'm being honest, it's probably like a sixty forty. 60 being self-defense, 40 being uh, fitness, like physical yeah. health. Um, and so and trying so, to... Yeah, that'll, that'll naturally steer you towards martial arts that are more defensive-based, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and do you know, does Kung Fu lean offensive or defensive? It doesn't. It, it It's very... 
Um, and this is why we kind of preface the episode with it's very subjective to our opinion. Because a lot of these Kung Fu, it depends on who's teaching you and how you use it. Um, and so, like, if you have a bad teacher, or sorry, I should say bad. If you have a teacher that is very aggressive, then you're naturally going to be more aggressive, more uh, more attack-oriented. Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good segue. Um, karate is an- another one that I looked in. This one was origin in originated in japan and did you see the karate kid the originals i i i i think i saw one of like the three of the originals then i saw the one with um jaden smith and i've seen which is still solid which is still solid and i've I've seen the sequel tv show uh cobra Cobra kai Kai, solid um so i was very happy to discover that uh karate originates in okinawa like in the movie which I was like, hey, they did the, the movie did a, a good job. Um, so that was kind of fun to discover. Uh, karate, we talked about the variations between like self defense versus a combat sport versus a just physical fitness. Yep. Karate has two variations, and you can kind of like two different paths. You could say self defense and a combat sport. So Karate Kid kind of starts to blend that line a little bit. Yeah, I Cobra Kai obviously is the more combat sport versus a self-defense. Um, the, uh, let's see, we weren't, uh, zoom in. There's like a lot of these, they shared like their key tenets, their primary, uh, teachings. Okay. The ones for karate is Kokoro. Probably mispronouncing that, but it means attitude. Um, and, so it's all about your attitude and i think if you think about the karate kid you can definitely see that your attitude towards others your attitude towards yourself influences the way that you're practicing this art 100 percent. wax on wax off (laughs) hang your jacket up take your jacket down hang your jacket up right it's 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 in the attitude of everything you do 100 percent um the the other key tenets are perseverance fearlessness virtue and leadership so that was kind of a kind of cool um and the other thing that is interesting and i'll i'll point it out later with the other um the other martial arts but it's interesting to me that a lot of these are like if everyone followed this the world would like be peace like if everyone learned how to fight and practice karate it would be a peaceful world which i'm like is it, i if everyone knew how to fight, then we would be more primed to just tear each other apart, wouldn't we? Yeah, we get... yeah. A horrible parallel here. So just give everybody guns, right? Uh, no, I. Th- we're right here. <laughs> Same brain. Because if we give everyone guns, like, with everyone so polarized and so just impatient with one another, the smallest little thing, like, someone cuts you off in traffic, pop, pop, pop. Yeah, like, yeah. But I, I, I think the good part about it, uh these martial arts is there's there's more there's more to it right than just yes just the uh the physical yeah there's physical definitely side of it. teaching patience and discipline um okay and then uh so the other one that's uh i didn't i didn't really go in any kind of order um karate kind of like kung fu didn't immediately grab me 
um, karate is there's a lot of um, striking. Mm-hmm. And so inside of each martial arts, there's um, there's striking, there's grappling, there's um, what was the other word? Oh, I'm already forgetting all the words. Anyway, there's there's different ways to classify like the the physical aspect of yeah. of each art. So there's um, so karate is a very you strike a lot versus judo. So judo is the next one I kind of looked into. Um, judo translates into gentle way in uh, Japanese. And you would think that some of these martial arts have been around for a long time. Judo came around in 1882. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, I mean, you, you pretty, think of... Pretty recent. You think of them definitely as like historically... Like, like ancient been around like hundreds, if not <laughs> yes. thousands of years. Yeah. Passed down through the generations. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so judo is called the gentle way because um, there's no striking. There's no weapons. The main goal is to throw your opponent to pin them or otherwise like immobilize or force them to submit. Um, there's a lot of like, they call them joint locks mm. or uh, chokes. So like, uh, um, yeah, chokes. Yeah. Whether, whether with air or with blood. So like if I can um, put you in a headlock, it's not so much about air as I'm blocking uh, blood circulation. I guess it, there is kind of an air. No. It's a bad example. Well, no. I, it's I've... blood circulation to your head. <clears throat> yeah, like a, cho- a choke is more effective not if you block uh, your, your main airway, but if, mm-hmm. if you squeeze squeeze the sides yes. of, of the neck to prevent or restrict blood flow. Yeah. That way they, they pass out sooner. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know this. You'll... So I have a, this is a silly story and I still feel bad about this. So Chase, if you're out there, I still feel bad, even though this happened in high school many years ago. So I had a buddy, he was, he was like a year or two, he was like a year older than me. And we were always kind of, you know, uh, just messing with each other, like playfully, yeah, yeah. wrestling around. And he was taller than me. So he'd always like sneak up behind me in, in school, like in the hallway and put me in a headlock. And he he could always just pick me up like maybe a half inch off the ground just to make sure that I, he knew that <laughs> yeah. it was. So anyway, um, we're you know horsing around, and the whole year goes by, and I can never get back at him because he's bigger than me, he's taller than me, whatever, whatever. The last day of school, and traditionally in high school, last day of school is when you take all your finals. Last day of school, um, we're hanging out, um before school and he's talking to these girls and i'm like oh he's distracted that's my time to strike um so i go over there and i put him in a headlock and i don't know what i was expecting but immediately he just starts elbowing me like hard and i thought he was playing like i and it hurt like it knocked the wind out of me but i was like dude if you're gonna play i'm gonna play and so I I put him in the headlock, and so I uh, he 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 tried to stand up, and I I kept or no I I I was standing up. He was kind of sitting on a desk, so mm-hmm. he, I was at that I was at the appropriate height to get him. And then he tried to stand up, but he ended up pushing me back and slammed me against the wall. And I was so shocked that he's like getting so aggressive because I I didn't feel like I was putting a lot of pressure on him. But as soon as 
he hit me up against the wall and gave me one elbow. He went limp. And I thought I thought he was joking, so I just let go. And I was like, dude, if you want to if you want to just be limp, then I'll drop you. And he fell onto his knees and then fell backwards, hit his and hit his head, and then he like started like twitching a little bit. And like a little bit like the the spit in his mouth was like kinda like Eric, this is assault. <laughs> foaming a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You can see why I feel bad. Um he was fine. But apparently if you get a choke in the specific like in a specific part of your breath and like the right spot, it takes like three or four seconds to you're out. Which is that that time frame of me just describing that. Wow. Um he was totally fine. He did have what he described as one of the worst headaches in his entire life for all of his finals that day. <laughs> oh, I still feel bad, Chase. I'm so sorry. So this uh, um, this episode is warning me as a friend to you to train myself in self-defense. So when you come at me, <laughs> I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Yes. Don't be talking to pretty girls no, and no, I can sneak up behind you because you're much taller than he was. <laughs> um. So yes, uh, be careful with your your headlocks. Um, one of the things that draws me towards judo is uh, there are two primary principles, and it's good use of energy and mutual wear- welfare and benefit. Meaning, it has to be an efficient use of your energy. So, uh, I want to judo specifically is adapted to. Anyone is able to successfully win an encounter against another individual, regardless of size or or skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's not like to harm them, yeah. which is, it goes back to that mutual wef- welfare and benefit. It's it's specifically to get them to a point where if they're being aggressive towards you and you get them to the ground and sub- get them to submit, you can get them into a position where you can wait for the cops to show up or you can you know wait for everyone to cool down yeah yeah and i i guess just to touch on that point i think um def- definitely like doesn't matter the size i think but s- what what you meant by skill um i think difference in skill would be huge in judo within judo or oh, oh. To somewhere else <laughs> so just yes cl- clarify that. yeah no no i'm i i'm thinking more of like uh if if he's been in more fights like i judo is is supposed to help you uh be more able to overcome skill in like if he's uh if he's just naturally stronger yeah like a, N- naturally stronger he's he's been yeah. been on the streets been rough people up all his life yeah there you go um and then, uh, so judo is one that definitely is in my my top picks. Um, judo also helps. It has a hand in both Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I'll talk about jiu-jitsu in just a second. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Krav Maga, which, dude, if you want to hear some wild, if you want to watch some wild videos, <laughs> look at some Israeli soldiers doing Krav Maga practice sparring sessions. Whew. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, judo, definitely something uh, on my list. Um, and so the next one I want to talk about is jujitsu. Jujitsu actually helped create judo. Okay. So jujitsu 
is kind of the parent. Judo is kind of the, the offspring. Um, and as opposed to Judo, Jiu-Jitsu can be unarmed or with a, they call it a light weapon or like a, a smaller, smaller weapon. Um, and Jiu-Jitsu is more about redirecting energy. So redirecting or manipulating an opponent's force against them. Yep. Um, so like if they come at you, you can kind of twist and roll them off your back onto their, onto their, like, it's hard to describe over a purely audio, audio, uh, medium, but you, you manipulate their momentum or, or their force to get them to submit or get them into a better, um, position for you to get them to submit or get into a choke or a pin or, or yeah. whatever. Um, jiu-jitsu actually has its origin in feudal Japan. Okay. So like feudal lords area, samurais and stuff. There you man. go. Um, so very very cool. Jiu-jitsu is also one of those that's kind of up there for me, just because of. I've been to a, a, a they called it an AFC fight. It was a UFC, um, like a minor league yep. UFC. And um, just seeing these guys who are just using these techniques, um, I don't know. It, and you kind of hear more about judo and jujitsu in UFC. That's those are kind of like more practiced in those arenas. Yeah, and I I really think it's it's because it's so powerful, um, in in how you can use your <clears throat> excuse me your uh, opponents or you know your your enemies. Uh, momentum and, and weight and the, all those things against them mm -hmm. um and really in jujitsu it doesn't matter how big you are because it's you're not using your size to control somebody mm -hmm. you're using you're using the momentums you're using the leverages you're using all kinds of different things to level the playing field mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the really cool things i like about jujitsu and um also one of the reasons i started looking to this is i i've i've always considered myself like a scrappy kid like if we're messing around i'll, I'll give you a good wrestling match like mm -hmm. um but I've, I've never really felt the need or like wanted to necessarily like beat anybody up or like be physical in that like i can be physical in a wrestling match but i never want to hurt you oh yeah, um, yeah i that's exactly where i'm at i don't i've never had a desire to harm another human <clears throat> yeah but in, in in like realizing that i also realized like in that flip situation it'd be some it'd be really easy for somebody to hurt me, I believe, because if if we were up in a striking match, all all I would know how to do is is try and take him down into into a wrestling, which how I know how to wrestle with quotations mm -hmm. around that, yeah, because um, it's not very good. Um, that would leave me vulnerable in, all, in a lot of places, and I don't think that would end well for the the one occurrence that's going to happen in this eighty to hundred years. <laughs> um, and a, a, another thing that like uh, drew my interest in this was. Uh, somebody I follow on YouTube, uh, he's uh, retired now, uh, Norwegian uh, professional climber. His name is Magnus Mitbo. Have you ever heard of Magnus? That sounds familiar, actually. He's a a pretty accomplished climber, you know, just, just crazy dude, like raw strength out, out mm -hmm. the wazoo. It's, go watch some of his climb videos. It's awesome. But he he also does some other things to, you know, broaden his YouTube channel, you know, he'll do like uh, fitness challenges with the Marines or do like uh -huh. American Ninja Warrior type stuff. Yeah, and yeah. He recently did a video uh, with a, one of the top uh, jujitsu instructors and in, instructors in the world. Mm 
Um, and just seeing how that instructor ta- taught him in such a short amount of time, but um, was teaching him how to exactly like use his momentum, his leverages to take on this guy that's been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And these practice scenarios was awesome. And, and him, the instructor explaining how useful this can be in the real world, regardless of your size, your position or where you at and how, and how easy it is to go from the mat to the real world if yeah, necessary, yeah. I thought was fascinating. No. And even as you're talking about that, like you mentioned using leverage in the real world, like that, that's what it's all about. Like we, we just bought a house. Awesome for me, but we only had to put down like, you know, 10, $15,000 and they, the bank was like, okay, here's Mm $350,000. Like that's, we're leveraging our money and you can do that in so many other parts of your life. Like me, another example for me. I leverage my networking abilities and my kind of extrovertness to pull in all the big brains around me into a study group <laughs> and then used, used you guys. I don't want used as kind of a, a, a mean word, but I'm I, friends with quotations. That's what I am. I get used. You guys were, were teaching me and helping me be, you know, a, a good student, helping me learn things that the teachers weren't, you know, able to or re- or refuse to teach me. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely a, a fair parallel to draw into many areas of your life. Leverage is, is a powerful tool if used yes. correctly, right? Yeah. I mean, I can, you can leverage that FHA loan to buy a house and, and start your life, which is great. And then maybe you own 10 houses, you're in a lot of debt, market goes to poo, and then and then you're out the yep. wazoo, right? Over-leveraged, and, yep. And then, and then you're in jiu-jitsu, you put somebody in an arm bar, uh, they tap out, and then you're like, I don't care, and then you snap their arm because you use too much leverage, right? <laughs> so, I mean, there's a fine line, it can go good yes. and bad in both ways, but yeah, um, no, good parallel. Um, okay, the next one. So, I only know about this one because of a TV show that I started watching, Um I would recommend it, so I'm just going to tell you guys about it. It's called uh, The Man in the High Castle. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a alternative history TV show, which the basic premise is the United States lost World War II. Oh. And Germany and Japan split up the United States. And it's a show about them living their life in the 1950s under... Japanese imperial rule or German Reich rule and there's like a rebellion going on and dude that's sounds really fascinating there there are very few shows that when I start watching them I'm like oh my gosh look at that set like that's not normally what people think about but Mm -hmm. they've done so incredibly well making sure everything in the show the background the props everything is exactly as it was in the 1950s um so anyway, in the show, one of the main characters, uh, she is trying to kind of prove herself to the Japanese. She's living on she's living in California, which is under Japanese rule. She's trying to prove herself to the Japanese, like you can trust me. I you know I agree with what you guys, have, I quote unquote agree with what you guys are doing. Um, and so she starts learning Aikido, which is the in, the. In a nutshell, Aikido is defense without injuring the attacker. Um, which and it kind of relates to jujitsu. It's a lot of redirecting, a lot of throwing, um, and joint locks. Um, but the difference is Aikido relates a lot to like yoga and Pilates, hmm. 
which is like more with flexibility whereas like judo jujitsu there might be more focus on like uh, muscle gain or improved power that kind of stuff um a lot of women uh learn aikido because it's more of a uh, you don't have to have muscles to to do this it's like a it's it's like it's the same thing as jujitsu it's just more there's no chokes like it's less aggressive i should i guess you could say yeah and if if you're saying it's highly predicated also on like flexibility i mean that is is much more advantageous for women right i mean typically they're they're much more flexible than men yes at least true i mean most people are more flexible than me so <laughs> um the other thing that was kind of interesting so this is kind of a parallel with karate is um there's prearranged forms that you kind of go through and then there's kind of this uh very free flowing uh you just kind of have moves and it's you there's no it's like reaction action reaction kind of situation there's no prearranged attack defense attack defense mm-hmm. or attack counterattack whatever whatever um so that's kind of the difference between Aikido and a lot of these uh, martial arts. Um, Aikido, while I like the idea of it, also didn't strike me as something that I want to do. Sure. Um, it, this and this might sound kind of dumb. the The prearranged forms, like the whole in in Taekwondo or karate, like they go through different forms and they do like that was less appealing to me when i was reading about these i don't know if that makes sense well i mean like in that you build discipline but maybe like the real world parallel to that situation is much less than judo or jujitsu yeah yeah um the interesting thing about aikido though a lot of these martial arts are just based off of um one-on-one encounters Aikido is actually designed for multiple attackers. Oh, which you know, could be another yeah. reason it's advantageous for women in the yes. back alleys and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, kind of going through these a little bit faster. Muay Thai. This is probably uh, one of the more interesting ones. This started in the 16th century Thailand. It's called the Art of Eight Limbs because you use fists, elbows, knees, shins, um, while standing and it's, you know, stand up striking, um, they call it clinching, which basically is like you both are standing up and you just grab onto each other and like are squeezing so they can't move or, or do, do much else. Um, but it's, it is aggressive. Like there are professional Muay Thai, uh, fighters in Thailand their like career uh is only a couple of years like that's how crazy it can get for for um muay thai fighting yeah how crazy and violent it is and this this sounds like opposed to the last three we talked about it's much more (laughs) offensive right yes this is definitely more offensive um there's there's blocks and stuff built into this uh this art form as well um but they definitely stress more like one of the things they mentioned specifically in in a few different resources was uh, cortical 
remodeling or bone remodeling, which I was like, okay, what? So it's a lifelong process where mature bone is replaced with new bone growth. So for example, if you're using your shin to kick, because there's kicking and normal like punching, striking kind of situations. If I'm using my shin to hit like a, a punching bag, like a heavy sandbag, the repeated uh, stress on my shin bone will will move, not move, but like it will eventually replace the old bone with new bone and because it's like tiny micro fractures yeah. happening. And repeatedly doing that over and over and over again, the micro fractures are more strong than the bone itself. Like oh, if you break a bone and it heals, that seam is usually more strong than the original bone. Okay. And so continually micro-fracturing your shin, just in this example, eventually there's so much new growth, so many micro-fractures that heal, that now your shin bone is like way, way, way denser, way stronger than, you know, other bones. I mean, in a sense, it makes sense. I mean, it sounds brutal and super painful, but I mean, it sounds like the same way your muscles grow uh, yeah you like you have to tear the muscle fibers yeah. and all that yeah break them to build I them mean, back up bones but... man bones i know just give yourself stress stress fractures all day seriously that's um, crazy man and normally and this is just in thailand normally it's a uh, lower income people that compete professionally and i looked up like the average salary or yeah yeah, yeah. average salary it's like not a lot. So it's, it's definitely a, more of like a enter, entertainment thing, and it, people do use the, it as a career. Class. They try and use it to get out of poverty, but very, very few last long enough to be able to get that yeah. out. Because um, it's like a couple hundred bucks a month, which like in Thailand is different because like you can make a living off of that kind of thing. But yeah, it it's just it's so rough on your body. Yeah. Um, and then next next martial art, boxing. So like, just kind of put your gloves on and yep, YouTube punch, boxers. Punch. We see a lot of that nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then difference kickboxing. Kickboxing is kind of more of a blend of karate, boxing, and Muay Thai. Yep. So kind of didn't didn't dive too much into those boxing. Didn't appeal to me at all because of all the concussions and brain damage and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can get into fantastic shape boxing. Oh, yeah. Like people like, oh, oh you know, yeah. 12, 15 rounds is, is crazy. But um, Yeah, the endurance of that. The uh, Yeah, I was never a huge fan of the striking. You know, growing up, everybody always wanted to body box. Um, what is body boxing? So it's it's boxing, but you can't hit the head. So, you're, you know, you're just hitting the body. Um, oh, Hence, hence the name, right? But is that, this like Fight Club kind of body boxing? I mean, situation? a little bit, right? It was like, all right, you know, everyone's going to the bathroom at recess to body box. Um, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it was, you know, it was not something that, like, like I said, I always rather like wrestle something out because I'm just not a striker. I <laughs> don't actually love love the pain of of getting hit and hitting people, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's one thing. And yeah, too, the uh, the head injuries are are, are crazy. Yeah. Um, next one on my list is, uh, Taekwondo. Uh, so Taekwondo is Korean. Um, and it started after World War II. 
So it's not actually okay, that old. Yeah. Well, that's the most recent one we've talked about so far, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so this one, kind of like karate, focuses on kicking, striking. This one is, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, there's a karate, like, they're like, if everyone practices this, it will change the world. These guys have five commandments, and it's courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, indomitable spirit. Mm. and um they have these like sayings that go along with taekwondo it says i shall observe the tenets of taekwondo i shall respect the instructor and seniors i shall never misuse taekwondo i shall be a champion of freedom and justice i shall build a more peaceful world which to me i'm like again if like obviously they're learning discipline patience and uh temper or courtesy and integrity all these different things but it's like if and I'm this is just me taking to an extreme like kind of what we we're talking about before let's let's develop a very strict and well like a very good training program for using guns everyone in America is required to go through this training program everyone is you know in the very amateur proficiency uh, with handling guns does this help the problem or does it hurt the problem it i haven't done any research i'm just like yeah, throwing yeah. that out there it's it's an interesting idea because um and i i need to fact check this but someone told me that in switzerland they do require every citizen to go through uh firearms training yeah and i mean drawing drawing into other countries a lot of countries have mandatory military service in mm-hmm. which you would get similar training right yeah, um yeah. it really is a fascinating idea is just to be able to to learn to learn what what the power is one and and two the the discipline to use it understand it control it mm-hmm. um but i i think another cool parallel to draw here is that to me like taekwondo so far out of all of them almost in in also what you're building in physical fitness and discipline all those things it also sounds like a way of life through those commandments that they're living by mm-hmm. um i think similar to how you can draw parallels to to religion you know why, why are people living their lives and yeah. to to what values and what rules and what uh commandments are they upholding themselves and their and their peers to yeah um and i think that that can be a, a very powerful thing it can give purpose to a lot of life it can give people meaning in what they're doing um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really cool point that Taekwondo has touched on that I haven't heard the other ones touch on. Um, and it's not that they didn't. I just, Taekwondo was probably the one that kind of was like, some of these teachings are based on uh, Confucianism. Confucianism? Confucianism. Confucianism. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, it, it draws from his teachings. Um, obviously, a lot of these do... Yeah, have some of yeah. these these uh, religious teachings in them but this one just kind of struck me as they they really push the like the commandments and these these tenets and and things like that it was i don't know it was interesting yeah. and, that, and that can be a, one of the many things that distinguishes it from something else but uh some, something i think valuable in its own right yeah yeah um and then you mentioned wrestling did you wrestle in high school i did not i i, I was always told to but um I don't know. The the weight cutting for me was always brutal because my dilemma was 
in high school, go, going into high school, I was maybe five foot, uh, and I, I did not weigh triple digits. Are you serious? Seriously. What are you, seven foot now? <laughs> <laughs> like six two, six three now. Yeah, but, that's what I thought. And so I, I was I was super tiny going in. I actually, I didn't really grow until my junior year much. Um, and so, you know, I, I was always super small, and I was always trying to put on weight. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about wrestling is you're trying – to cut weight to get yeah. the most advantageous yep. uh, weight uh, class, weight class, right? Yep. So that 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 was one one thing I didn't align, but I always thought it would have been interesting to do. The other thing uh, I always hated about wrestlers was they had cauliflower ear, and I didn't. I thought that oh, was nasty. Yes, <laughs> um, this is another fun fact for you. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is quote unquote the safest martial art to practice. I can see that. Um, cause yes, cauliflower ear was definitely one of the injuries, um, concussions, you know, apparently, uh, infections like ringworm and stuff are pretty common in, in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, no, in martial arts in general. Cause like, I guess Matt. Yeah. Sweaty mats. I yeah, mean, if, stuff like that. if you don't clean your mats, all that sweat and bacteria is going to live on and under those mats. And then you're going to be laying down on those mats for Yuck. many, 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 many hours. Yuck. And, yeah. I, I had, um, I had a lot of wrestling friends that both got cauliflower ear and ringworm. <laughs> Yeah, so the cauliflower ear, if you treat it quickly and get it drained, no long-term effects, at least from what I, I was reading. Because I, as much as I want to get into, um, you know, self-defense and uh, fitness, there's a small part of me that if I'm any good, I may want to compete a little bit. Okay. Um, so after high school, there was like, I had like a gap year and... Um, I was on a military base, and militaries always have gyms and all kinds of crazy stuff. So there was a free CrossFit gym, and I got really into CrossFit, loved it, still love it. I just want to get back into that. Um, but right next door to the CrossFit gym was a uh, MMA gym, and I took a class there, and I don't know, it just, and me and my brother took the class, so we were kind of uh, doing combatives and doing different uh, moves practicing sparring whatever and i don't know it just it it was it was enjoyable like trying to like in the moment strategize and figure out like counter moves and and all that yeah. stuff so yeah I, i'm a naturally competitive person i love to compete in most things mm-hmm. um i don't know if uh mma or jujitsu or any any of these martial arts is something i'd be interested in really competing in um because kind of like I said before, I don't I don't really find the the competitive art any of that. I I'd really like it for the more of the self defense, but like mm-hmm. draw draw a line to any other sport. Yeah, um, and I, I will meet you on the court any day of the week, uh, time and place. Let me know. Yeah, I think that's why in high school I I didn't like football. Like I could really care less about football because of how physical it was. Because of how aggressive it was and how like like mean it could get. Like I want to inflict pain on other people. I mean that is a mindset to have. I was, as as I said before, five foot nothing, uh, not not triple digits in weight, yeah, and yeah. so I I was a shoelace tackler as, as they called it. I did not inflict the da- damage. I did not inflict the pain. I did not strike fear into opponents' eyes. But yeah. I, I had a lot of fun playing it. Well, and I think that's why I preferred you know being like more competitive spirit of basketball, baseball, um, stuff like that. Yeah, I my my. 
uh, sport I fell in love with was lacrosse, and that actually is uh, I root, a, a brutal sport. Yeah, so. two of the sports I or three sports I wish I would have done instead of uh, baseball and basketball was uh, first soccer. I love soccer, love playing it, love the the skill, uh, lacrosse, and then um, rugby. Yeah, I always wanted to play rugby, um, but again, uh, I there was, was never a league was, in any of the places I lived. That, yeah, I mean, the know. leagues out here aren't aren't as vast, but also I was just tiny. Who's gonna throw me on a rugby <laughs> field, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, I mean, even now I'm taller, but I'm I'm still quite thin, so mm-hmm. still probably won't fare well for rugby. But I always thought that sport was fascinating. Yeah, no, it's always a good time to to watch. Um, so the last two are probably the more interesting ones because they're also very recent um army combatives the uh the person who the developer of this this art um his last name is fairbarn uh his nickname for combatives was called gutter fighting gutter fighting um it draws from wrestling krav maga brazilian jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu sambo Muay Thai, boxing, and something called Eskrima. Never heard of it. Yeah, I didn't look into that one. But this was Modern Army Combatives, MAC, was actually added into the field manual for uh, Army training. Um, And the three different points of combatives. One, disengage to regain projectile weapons range. Mm. Two, gain a controlling position and utilize a secondary weapon. Mm -hmm. Three, close the distance and gain control to finish the fight. Um, and inside of combatives, chokes are prioritized um, as opposed to joint locks because joint locks don't completely disable an opponent or an yeah. enemy. I, or I, an I think at times, but uh, I, I think as you dive more into it, or at least at least that video I was watching on jujitsu. I mean, you can in a joint lock, you can also control the majority of their body. Not not maybe not as well as. Yeah. Choke, but well, so it's in combatives. It's not about controlling; it's about incapacitating. Which so, is, yeah, that's fair. Like it's there's no messing around. Like in combatives, it's I have a split second to put this guy, not kill him, but like I need to put him down. Like yeah, and that's uh, that's a different mindset from a lot of yeah, these other yeah. martial arts. Which was interesting that my dad he uh, so obviously my dad was deployed. He would come back from deployment with. In his spare time, he would just learn combatives because that's all, all they gonna had to do. And so he would teach me and my brother, and then pit us against each other to, <laughs> to learn these things. Anyway, that one's kind of on my list, but there's not a lot of places you can learn that outside of the military. Now, Krav Maga, this was started in the 1930s in Israel. It's Hebrew for close contact, and it's supposed to be a highly efficient form of street fighting. Um. And the main thing they teach is if you can't avoid the fight, end it as quickly and aggressively as possible. Wow. And the like the they they stress the whole like you strike until they're incapacitated, uh simultaneous attack and defensive movements. Um like it if you want to see a good example, Christian Bale actually used Krav Maga in The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Oh wow. That's cool. Like it, the video that I watched of Krav Maga is like these people are coming at him unarmed and armed, like both with knives, pistols, or assault rifles. And it's like some of these I'm like, would that work? Mm-hmm. 
but because it, I don't know, just the way that they're doing it, it's very, it, they're not afraid to kill people with this. Yeah. So this is probably the most aggressive. And like one of the videos I, the guy was like uh, showing how you can use, you know, those dumb, dumb suckers. Yep. He was like, yeah, just, t- just take one of those gum, gum suckers and put the, the sucker part in your fist with the stick pointing out. And mm-hmm. that's how you can cause some damage to yeah. ward off an attacker. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's a sucker. <laughs> um, that also goes to show, I mean, there's, being creative, there's so many things you can use in, in any situation to gain, gain an advantage. Yes. So anyway, those are all of the uh, the, the techniques or all, all the martial arts that I, I researched. I know we took a lot of time uh, talking about them, but I think the ones on my list are jiu-jitsu, judo, um, and I think Muay Thai. Okay. It, it's it's kind of a tie between Muay Thai and um, combatives. Yeah, but combatives might just be hard to, hard to get instruction on. Yeah. And so now now you have these three. What what's gonna be your final criteria to choose one that you would like to go to, or are you gonna maybe try a class in all three? I I think, and this is this is probably a bad way to to approach this. I'm probably going to try and find a a MMA gym that teaches all of them and learn them all together. And I know that's kind of a bad way to go about it because you want to focus on one specific art and then kind of add to that specific skill. But judo and jiu-jitsu specifically to me are very, very appealing mm-hmm. as a self-defense. And then Muay Thai and combatives to me are also appealing because they're very uh, offensive not that I want to be offensive, but if I need to, I want to be able to, like like in the combatives, I want to be able to finish that fight before it escalates or before yeah. it. I, I think in, in learning a couple of those things, you're going to come across like contradictory statements because I, I feel um, in some of the more defensive like judo and jujitsu and um, other things like that, they're going to say you never have to go on offense you're gonna, never gonna have to get to that point mm-hmm. you're always gonna be able to get to a point where you can de-escalate a situation yeah. as opposed to quote-unquote finish them off and take them down i think that's why i want to learn jujitsu or, or and i say judo and jujitsu they're kind of related but i those are kind of my i think those are the ones i'm i'm sticking with muay thai and combatives or or muay thai and krav maga are kind of like a these would just be interesting to to learn the techniques i think muay thai appeals to me more than krav maga because it's even though muay thai is aggressive krav maga is like very very aggressive. yeah crazy um so you said you were looking into this for a different reason well which one were you looking into uh kind of i was talking about before was that uh brazilian jiu-jitsu um mm-hmm. kind of in line with that video about magnus and just really opening my eyes to how any anyone of any size can use these techniques if they know them and use them effectively. Yeah. To to manage a, a situation, I I think is is super valuable valuable in just a chaotic world where so many situations can arise. And, and like I said before, like just really trying to be reflective about myself. If I, if I got in any sort of situation like that, I like to think I'd be helpful, but I, I know I wouldn't once you know <laughs> I get in that position because I, I would have so many vulnerabilities. One because I've I've never really 
Um, been in a fight before, been in a situation where I needed serious self-defense, really just, you know, I, I messed around with a lot of buddies growing up wrestling, but I, I would leave myself and then potentially anybody I'm with vulnerable to that and to, mm-hmm. to learn something that can almost, I mean, they make it look so trivial, right? It's, it's obviously much harder and takes a long time to, to yeah, learn and, and get good at, but, and discipline and all that. um, to, to be able to use just what you have, which it, which is your body, your mindset, and to, to be able to do so much with that in so many situations, I, I think is very powerful and drawing it back all the way to being prepared. I, I think it, it'll make you more prepared than most people are in most situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of in the back of my mind, and I don't know if, if you'll, you'll be able to fact check me on if this is a good <laughs> train of thought, but um, I've never had formal weapons training. And so I'm like, there are going to be situations that I might not be able to engage with them in close combat. Like okay. how judo, jujitsu, yep. I shouldn't say combat, but not all of them are going to be close encounters. Um, and some, and the other thing too with jujitsu is like, if I earn, um, yeah, jujitsu, one of them was like, if I can avoid the fight, then I can, um, like deescalate some other way. Like I can frighten them or I can, mm. you know, intimidate them so that I don't have to, to engage with them um and weapons can be a good way of doing that but i don't want people to think that i'm like gonna go through some keanu reeves john wick training like go crazy with this no uh, i'd assume you mean weapons as in guns because i or yeah, pistols rifles knives maybe knives maybe not. maybe knives yeah knives kind of goes into jujitsu because they use light weapons like that yeah, get in, get in some nin, ninjutsu, have some ninjutsu. throwing knives, some throwing stars. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I it, it will never hurt to learn new skills and to, and to be prepared for for more situations, right? Okay. That's a diplomatic answer for sure. Diplomatic, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think it's what I believe. I, I also have never had uh, formal weapons training either, um, but. I think at one point in my life would I like to go through that and to learn how to properly use a gun in in those situations? I think yes. And would it be valuable? Yes. Okay. Would I use it every day? I hope to goodness not. Yeah. That's that's what I tell people. So I, I work at Northrop Grumman and a lot of the projects that I work on, I, I tell people because a lot of people are like, oh man, I can't wait to see this you know in the world. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. I hope with every fiber of my being that I never see any of the things that I work on in real life. Cause that's like craps hit the fan real bad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so you're learning, you're learning, you are leading jujitsu as well. Maybe yeah. we'll, uh, maybe we'll find a gym and we'll start, uh, start, start I've, I've thought about it. It's just, yeah, def- definitely time commitment. Definitely a little, little bit of money commitment. Um, it help. It helps when there's a buddy, though. I, I've always, always. And, uh, yeah, and th- through anything in life, I mean, humans are creatures of a community, creatures of group. Yes. We're, not, we're not meant to be lonely. Yes. It's, it's harder to do things by yourself. One for motivation, but two, I also draw a competitive, competitive spirit for it. <laughs> and going back to starting to run, uh, the last few weeks, mm-hmm. it was, it was like mid-April, and a few of my friends and I started a running competition because uh, I was like, I, I want to start running for. X, Y, and Z reasons, yeah, and yeah. I know if I just tell myself that, 
I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I needed I needed a form of community, a form of um, reliability, a form of um, accountability. Accountability. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. looking for um, to to make sure I do it and to push myself. And once we got going, you know, get into that competitive spirit. And with that, like now that we've talked about what all what all these are and, and taught these people of it, and you've narrowed down a few, what's gonna what's it gonna be to take you to actually go and take a class and start going? Because that's always the hardest part. You've done your research, yeah. You've learned a lot um, of good things, but how do you go from the knowledge, the application, to dropping it into the real world <laughs> where we can apply it? Um, so I didn't know that you were interested in this. It definitely makes me more interested if I have someone to go with. Because the only people that I know that are into kind of martial arts, they're they're only interested in like kickboxing and like the aggressive kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's that's not like me. I'll I'll spar, but it's not like I want to like be angry. Like I'll be competitive, um, but I'm not in it to. So like, if I had friends that were doing it, that would definitely push me over the edge. Um, but it also depends on like where's the closest jujitsu gym is it on the way home from work or is you know other factors like that um to quickly throw in some engineering stuff that i found sorry did you have another what's going to push you over the edge to do jujitsu i don't know i mean i i I did some research into it i thought about it and i i've just been holding out because i don't know i don't know what that thing would be something's brewing here josh um so if you go on YouTube, there's a awesome uh, YouTube channel called Two Minute Papers. Okay. Usually focus on like physics and AI, different whatever, whatever that's happening in the world. Um, anyway, there are people who are teaching AI like uh, mannequins to do, um, you know, martial arts. Like the Boston Dynamics robot? Mm, almost. almost we'll we'll circle back to that all right and so what's happening at least this in my mind this is what's happening you you have this ai that understands martial arts if you set up a motion capture situation where you can just put stickers or paint on your body you can be training and it will tell you how to correct your technique without an instructor because oh. a lot of these techniques a lot of these world class fighters a lot of them are like, I lived under the stairs of the gym just so I can get more time with my trainer, more time on the mat. But if I don't need, if I can, it's called shadow boxing. Yeah. I didn't look into it a lot, so I don't, it's just kind of boxing on your own. Um, But like, if you can do more of, you know, understanding your technique and how to get better, because it's, you know, seeing different camera angles of you and getting more precision in your strikes and in your, you know, whatever, wherever that you're working on. Um, yeah. The, the better and faster you'll progress. Um, it's a, also a study of something called biomechanics, which is the study of movement and how forces are distributed to, um, you know, across joints or across mm-hmm. your body. Um, and it's used to like develop equipment and training programs and optimize performance and, you know, obviously reduce the risk of, of injury. Um, but there are, and this came from, hang on, let me see. 
Oh, oh, okay. So this source that I have, and I can drop the link for uh, the description, it analyzes the trends of a fighter, like an opponent, and it will tell you those trends. And then you can train for taking advantage of his his habits or his weaknesses or or you know whatever you need to because you can run simulations of the fight. Yeah. And so it's like these guys are able to train and know what to practice before. I don't know. It, it that was pretty pretty mind blowing. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. One about you know getting feedback from an AI software and how to improve. But I really think that would only be applicable to um, the martial arts focused on striking because all, all those are. You're focusing on you yourself, right? You're focusing on how you punch, how you destroy your weight, how you get your hips through, your hands mm-hmm. through, right? How you, how you get your kicks, all your form, all of that. So I think it could be very powerful there. But more of like the defense focus where it's, um, you know, it's it's not a solo act. It's a dance between two yeah, it's people. Yeah, reactive. Um, I, I think it would be a lot harder for that tool to be used in that in, in that way. You You would think so. But interesting enough, they have these AIs that are understanding martial arts and um they're understanding leverage of joints and balance of like what happens when you're kicking where your center of gravity is and so the, like, a- the ai is developing new moves that have never been seen before new chokes new new uh joint locks all these different things they're brand new and it's like hey try this and it's like a, and yes this is more of a combat uh sport uh, mm-hmm. aspect of it but it's a huge competitive advantage for being able to practice a brand new move or you know different different things like that yeah no that is cool but like i guess going going into the practice side of it if you're doing shadow boxing or, or practice striking you only need yourself mm-hmm. but for the, those more reactionary and flow and um, two-person dances you need another person there and so in that case would it be analyzing both people it, without the need for the instructor to amateurs like you and I or or oh. like you know what I mean because like you you can't really practice those moves without a person so like it, it can yeah like it, it can it, maybe in absence of an instructor it can still help with two people but you you definitely you, have to tweak it yeah, yeah I but, see what you're saying yeah if you were to pull it out to that extreme yeah like if, and it's not how, that how extreme, am I gonna like but... practice like you know an arm bar in air yeah you know it yeah there's not really a good application yeah. to that and it, there, there's also no way to sense like the leverage and yeah so i i think striking a super cool um pre-arranged forms yeah, yeah. yeah pre-arranged forms um but but getting into like some of the the messier on the ground wrestling um leverage all, all that would be uh, a much bigger challenge mm-hmm. um and this one is from mit they have taught these characters these little AI characters in video games, uh, martial arts, because the application here is when you're animating, uh, you know, figures in animated films. Yep. You have to analyze, or you have to code in. Coding is not the right word, but you're animating every frame, every movement is something you have to control. Yep. These guys have created a character that knows kung fu and it practices it such that it knows the exact move. And now, instead of animating every move, you can just go 
like a shortcut and it will do the the kung fu move so it's like a it's like an automation inside of animating films or animating these movies that you can you know use in video games or or in movies or whatnot to kind of lessen the the amount of time you spend animating the fight sequences yeah i I guess to try to help me understand um i I don't know exactly how animation is done if it's like frame by frame but um to like more traditional anime in japan it's a a lot of those shows are drawn like frame by frame oh they're still drawn uh, a lot of a lot of it is whoa um, that's pretty my intense. And, and so, in essence, instead of, you know, drawing out each frame, they can be, like, backflip, and then it just does the backflip, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. No, it's not, like, super... That's kind of wild. It doesn't super relate to all the conversation we've had so far, but I don't know. It was kind of an interesting... They taught an AI character to practice. Like, they specifically mentioned it had to go through iterations... And it showed, a, like, three different videos of, like, them trying to do a, a backflip. The first one was it just kind of, like, throws its head back and then collapses on the ground. Yeah. And then the next video was it, like, jumps and throws one leg up in the air to start a backflip. But then it, it like, wimps out at the last second and just falls on its back. And then the third video is a perfectly executed uh, standing backflip. Yeah, it's it's funny what a computer will do if you underdefine <laughs> yeah. uh, the task you're asking it to do. If you uh, if you want a good laugh, go uh, find uh, Google's uh, AI video of it teaching itself to run, because <laughs> it's like its arms are like over its head and flopping, and it's like running. It's it's like hips are uh, forward over the. Sh- Usually, your shoulders are forward of your hips yeah. when you're running. But because it's just learning and it's teaching itself, its hips are ahead of its shoulders and its <laughs> arms are flailing above its head like it, and it's running. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It gets me every time. That's funny. Um, but anyway, yeah. I uh, thank you for, for entertaining my wild uh, subject. I promise it will be something more uh, engineering-focused in the, in the future. Yeah, but there I, is, there's definitely still a, a lot to be learned here and a, and a lot we can draw out other part of our lives, even if... You know, maybe you guys aren't going to go out and uh, look into some some kung fu. I mean, it's still a good process of looking at your different options, uh, where your values align, what you want out of it, and going from there, reaching a conclusion, and hopefully executing that in your own life. So. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. We'll catch you on the next one.